1: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. We are live streaming throughout the world to you. You can pick up the show anywhere, wherever you are in your smartphone, iPhone, iPod, iPad, desktop, laptop, doesn't matter. Whatever you have that has the internet, Wi-Fi or not, you pick up the internet, you pick up us, and you can get... Wake Up Call with Dan Satora live every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time just by going to the homepage on wakeupcalldt.com or by going to mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It is an honor and an absolute privilege to have this gentleman back on the show. He's someone that I consider a friend throughout the years. He's someone that has sat with me and, and done some live things on site, on location in Syracuse. And the day that he got drafted with the 500 whatever phone calls he was getting, He answered my phone call. We actually got to talk for a few minutes, and I respect the heck out of him for moments like that. So, with that being said, always proud to have this man on the show, and always positive words when it comes to mentioning his name, and that is Jay Bromley, former Syracuse defensive lineman. And let's bring him on to the broadcast once again. Jay, how are we doing today?
0: I'm doing well, DT. Thank you for having
1: me. Absolutely, man. So, tell me, I mean, well, we'll talk about Syracuse in a little bit here and the successes of the Orange, but you spent four seasons with the Giants and then you went over to the New Orleans Saints bring me into your time with the Giants who drafted you and you know you were a third round selection back in 2014 what, what did you take away from being a part of the Giants organization
0: um were, were you know a classic organization uh, uh you know top tier organization uh-huh. um you know when I was a free agent I had the opportunity to visit different teams for the workouts and visits and you know, it's clear that one of the weren't a better organizations as far as all around. And um, I'm just grateful for the opportunity they gave me, drafted me, the way they did, to give me an opportunity the way they did. I'm just happy that I had the opportunity to play in my home city.
1: And you had the opportunity to be around guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and Eli Manning and, and so on and so forth. What did you learn? Were there any guys that, you know, you really um, have those bonds with still, guys that you're close with, offense, defense, or special teams, anyone you can – Name from the Giants that you that you built a connection with or had a good impression on you?
0: Uh, thank God, man! I was always fortunate enough to, to make friends well with different people. Uh, Odell, we we were drafted the same year, so he's always been super cool, man. So I've always had the question always at the end, "How's Odell?" I'm like, man, he's a cool dude, man. He likes to dance, he likes to have fun, he's competitive, man. He's one of the best doing it at his position right now, and he's overall solid guy, and um. You know, um I've built relationships with different numerous people, man. Victor Cruz was my, my locker mate for, you know, three years. He was a solid guy, man, and um, JPP is probably one of the guys over the years has been like a big brother to me. Olivier Vern is like a big brother, man. He's he's been super, you know, uh just watching his work and just watching, you know, seeing what he's done there and knowing him as a person. Kerry Wynn is probably one of the closest dudes I'm with, you know, since coming into the league. He's like a brother to me. Um, I always built, had good rapport with everybody on the team, man. I'm grateful for that, you know, because I've always been able to <clears throat> communicate with everybody. There's nobody you know, everybody in the organization. When I went back there when we played the Giants, there was a lot of love in the building for the fans and, and uh, the people at the staff that worked at the stadiums, the security guards, to Eli O'Dell. You know, it was a lot of love in the building, so I'm just grateful for that.
1: Speaking here with Jay Bromley, defensive lineman who played at Syracuse, moved on to the NFL, still playing inside of the NFL right now. I mean, when when you got to go back, like you said, those moments were big. I had the opportunity to come and see you a couple of years ago and uh, be in the locker room and, and get to speak with you. You're always that guy who, I mean, at least from my perspective, when you're around somebody that you know or somebody you appreciate. I mean, you turn around your locker. I was like, Jay, and and as soon as you saw me, you're like, what up, Dan? And it was, you know, it was all smiles and everything. You've always had that attitude, yet you've been through so much adversity in your life. What can you say about keeping that attitude and, and being a positive person and trying to, even through your strife and even through your adversity, find something to smile about? Because I feel that the world needs to needs to hear from people like you who have been through hell but have found a way to find their heaven, so to speak.
0: Um, I would say, man, Um, especially now in my life, man, the younger I just always had the personality, man. Uh, I, my personality is always just, you know, humble to an extent, you know, and always being able to talk to anybody and not really put myself above people. The only thing I ever had in my life was work ethic. And, um, and that's what's something I, you know, I kind of laid my hat on. But as I've gotten older now, you know, being 26 years old, the reason that that's important to me is to treat the CEO the same as a janitor because of just how God works in my life and how he's been working in my life and with humility and just keeping a spirit of gratitude. And I don't there's no, you know, like I don't necessarily deserve to be anywhere above anyone else. I'm grateful that God gave me the ability to work hard the way I did to to attain the things that I've attained, but that doesn't make me better than anyone, as well as, like, you know, just the same people you've seen on the way up is like, you know, the one that old saying, the same people you see on your way down, so you got to continue to just, you know, at least keep a good rapport on relationships, even if you're not talking all the time and different things like that, because one of old saying is people forget what you bought them, they forget what you gave them, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So, I you know, and that's one thing I've seen, you know, really play a huge role in my life, like how I made people feel. That kind of always resonated to the next time I met them or spoke to them. They remember that over anything else.
1: Speaking here with Jay Bromley, a former Syracuse and current NFL defensive lineman. You, you speak about God a lot, and you said, you know, that the people you see on the way up are the same people that you would see on the way down. So you have to, you know, obviously treat people with respect, even if they – don't treat you with respect, or aren't the nicest to you. That they're, you know, that they're. You got to be the bigger person. You've always had God, and, and you know we've talked about God, had that conversation, and and I appreciate that tremendously, especially in a world that sometimes gets really scared to say anything about God these days. What can you say about God's role in your life, faith in your life, and, and what your life is with faith as opposed to what it would be without it?
0: Faith is. Uh, a, a really solid principle in my life and something that we as, you know, believers have to, you know, continuously, you know, condition ourselves to walk in, you know, because it's the it's the evidence of things not seen. You know, we're not walking by what we see. We're walking by the faith of God. How God has played a tremendous role in my life is just changing my life issue. God is the reason I'm married. God is the reason that I have a beautiful son and another son on the way. Um God is the whole reason I'm probably still in the league right now. You know, regardless of my circumstance. And just because the season didn't go out in the way I wanted to go, I got hurt doesn't mean that it's God's fault. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just testing, testing trials that God uses to um to to, to to make us stronger. You know, people like to use God, you know, when it's, you know, uh, better for them. You know, thank God when it's better for them. But then when, when it's not going great, they kind of want to, you know, throw God under the bus. But it's like everything is a product of God, the good, the bad, and everything. But there's reasoning behind it. I was reading last night. God chastens those he loves. So what father does not chasten his son or his daughter because he loves them. So when you when you're going through hardships, ups and downs, and you feel like, you know, maybe maybe you're you getting the short end of the stick, you gotta remember that there's a purpose behind it, whether it be mentally or physically to you, you have to endure it with the right spirit and overcome it. You know, and when you get through that you'll have a testimony that, you know, others can you know kind of grab hold to when you tell them and they can get through their dark times
1: and and like you said you know there there is that notion of you know people want to people tend to turn to God a lot when they want something and if they don't get what they want when they want it how they want it where they want it from who they want it from then there is no God how would you respond to those people that say hey I want a bag of money and if it doesn't drop from the cloud right now then God doesn't exist
0: I think they have the wrong perception. Like me, I believe in Jesus Christ. That's my God, okay? So I believe that, and, you know, if you look around the world, plenty of people would say that they believe in the Bible, but I think most people, a lot of people have the wrong perception of who God is. They want the love of God. They want God's provision, and God has a lot of promises in, you know, the Bible. But they they like to draw God in a cookie-cutter frame to who he is to them, rather than who he is in his entirety. One of my favorite books in the Bible is Job. And um Job is a is a story about a man that, that was right before God. There was no Bible, but he lived righteously. He did everything God, you know, kinda of wanted him to know that was written on his heart. And um he wound up losing everything. All his children were killed, his wife was killed, losing all his money, he was sick, and, and it was basically because God allowed it. Even though he did everything he was supposed to do, God allowed it. And then when he and then he still never lost faith in God. But even when he started, his faith started to wane. God came down and was like, "Listen, don't not do everything. Don't not make the stars. Don't make the sun the moon." He was like, "Like why? Like kind of like why is it above you not to go through trial and tribulation?" You know what I'm saying? No matter how good you are, no matter how perfect you think you are before God, everybody endures. You know, Jesus Christ was perfect and he died. And that's the same love that we're asking for. <laughs> so you people have a own perception. But as they learn, God willing they can learn and, and, and people can come to their lives and gives them gives them the edification so that they can learn to endure and be grateful. That's why I said gratitude is something really you have to really practice, you know.
1: That coming from Jay Bromley and this morning having a uh, a deeper conversation than than just football and, and honestly the conversations that I love going back to more than anything else in the archive, and and I appreciate it very much. So, Jay Bromley here with us, Syracuse defensive lineman, moved on to the Giants and is now a member of the New Orleans Saints. Jay, I want to get to Syracuse in just a second, but I got to ask you about the Saints, and I appreciate and kind of you know a nice transition from speaking on God to speaking on a team called the Saints. Drew Brees, the man is damn near forty years old. His completion percentage is like 80%. I think it's 25 touchdowns and two interceptions this season. The team lost the first game and then has seen daylight since. What can you say about being a member of the organization? And I know that you're the guy that's always tasked with getting after the quarterback. What can you say about your quarterback in Drew Brees, who who I, in my, in my opinion right now, is the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now?
0: I think that's um, without a doubt that he's the greatest quarterback. NFL right now. I mean, you know, you have you know, you still got Tom Tommy terrific over there in New England, of course, you know, who, who deserves every bit of respect that he gets. You know, you have younger guys like Aaron Rodgers, you have the you know, uh the Bill Robertsburgers, things like that. But I don't think when it comes down to it, nobody compares to Drew Reed. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, like I said, be on this team this year and when I was practicing against them and we were playing against each other, it's like you don't really realize how good you are. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's weird because it was like I knew we were good, but I didn't know how good we were. I knew offense was good, but I, was, I didn't know how good all it. Was. Like and Coach, you know, Payne is a, you know, is a different breed when it comes to play calling. He's aggressive, you know what I'm saying? And he's, you know, he wants to hang out 50 on you if he can You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy. And he has the tools to do it without Camara, Mark Ingram. The tight ends, the wide receivers, the young guys, the older guys, man, and it's constantly moving. So, and then you have Drew Brees back there calling all the plays. It's like there's no ball he can't throw. He's more, he's way more athletic than people would definitely want to give him credit, and his knowledge of the game. One thing I was just saying about Drew Brees, his preparation was different, man. I just watched him visualize the game. Like he would just stand on the practice field and just go through the game in his mind, and that was something amazing to me. Just
1: watching him prepare like that. Drew Brees just set the record this season for all-time career passing yards, and it's twenty-nine touchdowns and two interceptions this year. So he had a, he has a few more so far. Mm-hmm. But to to look at what he has done, you know, you talk about a fine wine getting better with time. And how, you know, people say the NFL not for long, that, you know, it's fleeting, that you, you you have this dream but it can be taken away so quick. What does Drew Brees teach you? Because the man has played almost two decades in the NFL. He's playing arguably his best football right now. So when you see that the NFL is not for long yet for a guy like Drew Brees, he's made it last, he's had that longevity, he's taken care of himself. What type of representation of leadership and longevity has he been for you? being there for the time that you've been in New Orleans?
0: Um, he's just you know, he's a professional, of course, you know, he's a professional in times that I've gotten down to sit down and talk with him. I know he's a man of faith and um, you know, God is, has definitely favored him in, in different ways and, and, and he's very fortunate for it. Um his work ethic is something that is always gonna be the one of the primary things that sticks out. You know, I know he's a guy that's in the film room probably when he's there and when he's not there <clears throat> and um you know staying in great shape. You know when we do conditioning tests and stuff like that, Drew is in great shape always, and um, just just you know just watch him, man. And I, you know, one thing I've learned too, like I know Drew got counted out a long time ago when he got hurt, and they counted him out. They never thought he was gonna come back and be what he was or be anything what he is now, and that just motivates me as far as my injury. My injury, I don't think is nowhere near as bad, but you know, any injury. This is my first time being hurt where I'm actually missing the season, so. You know, whenever you go through new experiences like that, different thoughts can creep in your mind, you know, of doubt and things of that nature. Am I good enough? You know what I'm saying? All these different thoughts can creep into your mind of negativity, and you got to block that out. And having a guy like you breathe, seeing what he does, you know, you realize that, you know, through faith in God and through work ethic and through, you know, just, just, just persistence, you can make, you know, anything can happen. And you, you can go from a, a career that could be over to, <clears throat> One that, you know, might be, you know, uh, just grow and blossom.
1: And and when you see that, like you said, going through the injury that you're going through right now, first injury that, that, you know, takes a season away from you, what are you learning? Because you talk about Job and you talk about that book and your favorite book of the Bible and how God allows Job to suffer and, and allows these things to happen And when jo- and Job keeps his faith. And when he starts to lose it a little bit, that, you know, God says, didn't I make the stars? Didn't I make, you know, like you were talking about before, didn't I create all of this, you know, why stop believing in me or think that you're above, you know, a pain that could happen and whatnot. You're going through strife. You're going through adversity. You've been through adversity in your in your personal and professional life before. You're going through it again. How have you handled it? Have you had your weak moments? And, and just how you've navigated through having a season taken away that, you know, obviously was outside of your control.
0: I think when 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 life happens at you fast, you know, initially the response can be negative, you know, or why me, or different things like that, and you know, uh, which is somewhat understandable. But when you have faith and you have faith in God, man, you have to really reassess the situation and look at the positives and what can come out of it. As much as I, as much as it sucks for me to you know get hurt and injured when I know that I can play this game at a high level, is that. Um, you know, I get to be home with my family. I get to continue in my in, uh, growing in my faith. You know, in God and learning and growing and, and praying and different things. And um, I have to look at the positives in that. You know, I have to look at the positives and being able to watch my son and the crucial being around my son in a crucial time where he's learning a lot. He's influenced by a lot. He's just a year and a half years old. And I help my wife out. You know, looking for a home. Um, you know, and I'm still I'm on IR, so I'm still getting paid like I was. You know, at at work. So. You know, God, even in the midst of, you know, something that I feel like, you know, that that took me out of the season, he still provided for me. So, I'm grateful for that because it didn't have to be like that. I could have got hurt at any given time and and, and not, you know, this could have happened with me just working out or something like that, you know, and it didn't. So, I look at the the, kind of the writing on the mirror like that and say, you know what,
1: this is an opportunity to grow in another way. And uh, I got, what would you
0: say? And keep it positive.
1: Speaking here with Jay Bromley, Syracuse and, and NFL defensive lineman. I got to bring up this picture. You brought up your son and the picture that you have on uh, on Facebook with him with you bumping his fist. First and foremost, let's give a shout-out to your son and, and let everybody know his name. And then secondly, just what you could say about what that relationship has done for you as, as, a, as a human being and not just a football player. Uh, my
0: son's name is Jason Jr., I'm Jason, and Jay Brown, Jr., and um, you just learn, man. You just learn. I, I, I'm a father. I'm married with a son, and one on the way. And um, you know the way I grew up, man. It was, you know, I didn't have my biological father and mother in my life, so I always want to, you know, just continue to build in that relationship with my son and just have fun with him, man. Enjoy him, you know. And I watch him. I just watch him as he watches me, and and the little dude copies everything I do, and it's amazing. Everything, everything from words you say to how you move your hands to I brush my hair you want to brush his hair you know everything so it's like that responsibility falls on me how he grows as a man and i take that on you know i take that on with a head of steam knowing that that's what i got myself into and i thank god for him he's healthy and um he's a beautiful kid man he's a beautiful fun funny kid and um it changed my life just just being grateful my work ethic i have to I, you know I'm I live for some. Of my purpose is bigger. life. my purpose is to, you know, ultimately to preach this gospel, to, to to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to let people know that God is real and and, and he's impactful in this world. But also, under uh, that is to raise my son, you know, the right way,
1: and, you know, to love my wife the right way, and then grow as a man. You know, cause I'm only 26 years old, man. it's not a long way to go. But one day at a time, and full steps ahead. And you, you actually, you know, you've been, and again, you know, you've been tested, you've been through a lot. Back in 2017, you posted a a picture uh, seemingly lying in a hospital bed with a bunch of things attached to you. And you said, I want to say thank you for all the love. It's been a long day. And you found a way to have comedy in it. You said, I want to say Geico just saved me a bunch of money on my car insurance. <laughs> You, you know, bring me back to what happened back in 2017 and how you and I are – I thought we had some things in common, Jay, but, you know, when disaster strikes, the comedy part of it, and, and you know, like you say, I, I just saved a bunch of money on my car insurance thanks to Geico. Just bring me into that, man. Uh, man, uh, that was just
0: um, – I think, I think, honestly, if I remember correctly, that was a sleep apnea test, right? So I had to go into New York City and sleep on, in, in, like, this room And they hook up all these wires to you and stuff. And it was just funny, like, as far as the comedy aspect of it, man, keeping it light, keeping it fresh. That's just me as a person, man. Anybody that you meet that knows me, from my teammates to family, man, that's just who I am. I just want to make people laugh. I just want to enjoy the moment, enjoy the time. Um, Before I I never dreamed of being a football player when I was younger. I always wanted to be a comedian. So, you know, uh, that kind of is always reinforced in how I treat people and how I love people. You know what I'm saying? It's through comedy. You know what I'm saying? To make you laugh, I want to take something that you might have thought was a flaw on you, and I want to make you laugh at it to realize that it's not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes this life is serious, but something yeah. you gotta to learn. To, you're gonna laugh, or you're gonna cry. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. one thing you gotta to understand. To you're gonna laugh, or you're gonna cry sometimes. Yeah. And uh, God willing, I choose to laugh.
1: <laughs> oh, that, and that's that's the beauty of it all. Is, and I said this a long time ago. I said, you know, you can either you know, because I've been through the things that I've been through and, and the things that have happened, I had a choice and I made a decision. I dated, I I dated someone that, that had definitely given me a lot of strife back in the day. And I had a choice of, and I realized this with her, I can either be depressed, cry and sit in a house and feel like I don't want to be here. Or I could find a way to laugh through my pain. And if I laugh through my pain and I and I turn this and I make it something funny and I lighten it up a little bit. I have two choices. I can either be depressed or I can laugh. And I realized that when I started laughing about it, when I started releasing it and putting it out into the world, other people started laughing. Other people started feeling it. And other other people started to understand that they're not the only person that's going through it. So I believe the whole you know laugh at what's you know laugh through the pain is a lot better than. Just sitting there and sulking in the pain?
0: It's just pain at the end of the day, man. It's gonna happen. It's like, you know, rain the rain falls on rain falls on everybody. The, the, the righteous and the unrighteous. So man, everybody's gonna have their divergence of pain and stuff, but pain is temporary. You know what I'm saying? It's temporary. Even you know what I'm saying, even people that have pain every day, it subsides for a time. You know what I'm saying? And then and then, you know, something else takes the place of it. Like my arm right now, I, I can't extend it all the way because You know, I had surgery, and I'm about a month out, and hopefully i go to the doctor tomorrow, and they give me the ability to start recuperating, but it's going to be painful to get to where I want to go, you know what I'm saying, to get back to full strength, to get this arm to where I can punch people and knock 320, 30-pound men around again, you know what I'm saying, but if I want to do that again, I know what it's going to take, and I'm not shying away from the pain, I'm looking through it, I'm going to go through it, I'm going to endure it, I'm going to overcome it, and and that's my mentality, you know. You gotta be, a, you gotta be a. Um, you, well, you can't be a pessimist, man. You can't be, man. That's not. A, there's, there's no way to be positive in life being a pessimist, man. You gotta be an optimist, and in, in you know, in life and looking at things as far as what they could be, you know, you gotta have vision
1: And and I gotta I, I gotta go off of that with you for a second here. Speaking with Jay Bromley, is is that you know, like you said, you can't you can't be negative with it. You know, it's gonna happen. You gotta you got to feel the pain. You got to know the pain's there. Something that I've gone through very, very recently in my personal life. I said, I I got thrown into the fire and I complain in the beginning. Why am I in the fire? Why are you, why aren't you in the fire? You, you, you did this. I didn't do this. Why am I sitting here? And then I have, after a few minutes of, of complaining about being in the fire, I start to love the fire. And then, you know, it's kind of like the shirt's off in the fire and you start to hulk out in the fire and you start to feel that, fire and then the fire starts to be a part of you and then you start to own the fire more than the fire owns you. Can you speak to that a little bit?
0: Uh you know, I guess to me when you say kinda, you know, I don't know why this this wrong in my head, but it did. It's like it's not the size of the it's the dog in the fight, the size of the fight in the dog. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I like you know, we, we you know we talk about like my sons, they're gonna be dogs. And that's not and that's in every positive meaning way. And when I say that is they're gonna have fight. No matter what happens in life, you're gonna have a fight. Like there's no giving up. You know what I'm saying? Like my my wife, I love her. I love her, you know, but I know I'm I'm still working on her. She would be one of the people like, man, if I was on a desert island by myself, man, it just killed me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but I, I'm the person to tell my wife, nah man, I ain't just giving up. We're gonna figure this out. We're gonna eat some coconuts. We're gonna build a raft, It's gonna be castaway, man. We finna figure this thing out. All right? I don't care how bad the situation is, I'm, I'm we're gonna figure something out. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't care if I have ten dollars to my name. That's never really a fear for me because I know how hard I work. So if I had to be a garbage man, or if I had to mow lawns, or if I had to, you know, be a, 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 you know, a dishwasher, I've done it before. So it's never. I don't fear going back to it. Don't get me wrong. That's not my choice. I would not like to. You know what I'm saying? I like being able to take care of my family the right way. But it, that that fear is not in me. So so I just think of everything as just being a like being a dog. Like, whatever life throws at you, man, like, take it, man. If you, if you, especially if you deserve it, you know what I'm saying? You deserve it. Like, you, you, you put yourself in that position to be hit on the face like that, hit on the chin, man. You got to man up and take it. Like, your consequences to your, to, to, to what you, to what you, the fruit that you put forth. So as a man, you take that. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I look at life.
1: And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Syracuse, I want to get to this really quick here. You're obviously always going to be a part of Syracuse football history. Dino Babers, this team is 9-3. and three. They have not won nine or more games since 2001. They have not been ranked in the top 25 in the AP and the Coaches Bowl combined since 2001. So it's been almost two decades that we've seen Syracuse get to nine wins, seen Syracuse get to you know uh, this stature and in, in the top 25 in the nation, and they have an opportunity of having a very late December bowl game Probably in warm weather, in my opinion. What do you think about Syracuse? How much have you been, have you been paying attention to what Dino Babers is doing in Syracuse right now?
0: I have, I have, and he's definitely made me, you know, pay more attention to it. And um, and I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Those guys are playing, you know, lights out. You know, they won some really big games this year. And um, you know, I wish Dungeon would never got hurt in another Notre game. I believe that would have been a lot different. Um, you know, and because they done went and jumped into the top three. So it's like, it's just, you know, I just really like what he's doing there. He's changed the culture, man. Like I said, man, we, when I got there, we went to three out of three out of four bowl games in my years. You know, and that was a start, you know what I'm saying? And then we went down for a little bit, and now he got us back on the right track. I just, you know, hope that he continues to do that, he stays with the team, and, and, and stays consistent in bringing the right people in and getting the job done.
1: Eric Dungy, I know you just made mention of him. What can you say about him? You're inside of the NFL. You've been around a bunch of NFL quarterbacks. Taysom Hill, who's in the New Orleans Saints, is a utility player who is a quarterback from BYU who will play quarterback and returner and running back tight end, whatever he needs to do. Dungy kind of has that feel to it a little bit. Would you put Dungy in the NFL, and does Taysom Hill remind you of Dungy or vice versa? Do they? Is there a similarity there of, of Dungy being a utility player, so to speak?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously he's bigger than Taysom as far as height-wise, but uh, I believe, um, from what I, I, I believe he is. But Taysom is a huge guy, too. And um, Taysom is, a, you know, one of them German switchblades they like to say, man, he's just a guy that can do it all. Honestly, it comes down to, it. like, I think Dungy, if he wants to dedicate himself a quarterback, if somebody gives him a shot, then I know he's tough enough to, you know, make that, do that. And, you know, he's not going to run as much in the NFL because it's going to add up too much. So um, I would like to say that. Can he be like a Taysom Hill? He has to be in the right system because you never really see that. You don't really see a Taysom Hill other than with Sean Payton. You know what I'm saying? Utilize him the way that he does. And then Taysom Hill is a dog because he's not just waiting to freaking play on offense and run the ball. He'll play tight end. He'll play fullback. He'll go down there and smack you on kickoff. He'll smack you on kickoff return. He'll return the ball if I touch down on you on punt return. Like, there's nothing that this guy cannot do on the football field. So, like – you know, I don't I, like. I think Eric Dungey can do has the possibility of doing anything, but I only give Taysom this respect that you know that he is one of a kind in what I've seen in this league so far.
1: And Syracuse uh, moving forward, just just what you can say about uh, the hashtag out there, pay Dino if you feel that this should be a done deal and Dino should be the future of this team. And then secondly, I haven't projected at the Camping World Bowl down in Orlando, Florida. Do they deserve to be in the warmer weather at this point? You know, the pinstripe bowl I know is close to home for you, but I feel like nine wins should put them down south and the fans down south. So, number one, should they pay Dino, and number two, do you feel that they have more than earned the right to be in warmer weather in December?
0: Um, I feel like, man, if he wants to be there, him. I mean, if he wants to be there and he wants to continue to build on this, this, uh, this, this, this organization in Syracuse. Like, you know, because I think that if he stays there and with the the, the, the um the trust that he'll get from the recruits and all that stuff, he can build this program into a top 10 program. We all know Syracuse. if you can get the right athlete, Syracuse can be a top 10 program, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Because so, we got the dome, we got, you know, the, the, the campus, we got the education. You know what I'm saying? We got the, the school pride kind of thing. And um so I think that that's a no-brainer. If he wants to do it, he can do it. And as far as the um, the warm weather, yeah, man, it's out of going to the cold, man. Hey, man, put the boys down south somewhere, man. Like, they earned it. They earned a BCS bowl game or something, like something something nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, they earned it.
1: <laughs> no, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and I think I've earned it, Jay. I think I've earned the opportunity to come down to the south <laughs> and enjoy that a little bit. So, I appreciate you. As always, I know you're back home doing your thing right now, but – you know, hopefully, you and I can get some face time at some point, and and uh, be able to sit down with each other again. It would it would obviously be my honor, as always, and I thank you for everything that you do.
0: All right, thank you, DT. man. I appreciate you allowing me to be on your show today, man. Hope All right. done with success.
1: And I appreciate it, and, and I hope you get some good news from the uh, from the doc over there, and give my best to your wife and to your baby, and and to your baby on the way as well.
0: Thank you.